Hi everyone, you're listening to the Bialucci podcast, uncensored and completely unedited discussions about life and everything in it. We hope you enjoy the show. I will remind you, this is a free podcast. <laughs> yeah, you Hi to everyone, podcast. yeah. We'll be honest there. Yeah, there's some technical air boobies and then Karem's body language, as what? Charles said. Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot what I was going to talk about now. The hotel, the fact that you're living in a hotel. Yeah, so you're basically. I shouldn't sound so gleeful. <laughs> that for four months I've been. Well, I've been in the comedy sketch more than anything. That's what it's been with the talk show I've been going through, and I try to not focus on things. I've tried to go. I'll let that go. I'll let that go, and then it's like, oh come on. But, I mean, the cat. It, how many times? How many times you changed rooms in the last four? Week? Okay. Yeah, but but that's like that. That's the, I wanted to do more. There was more, more time. Was <laughs> wow. That's where I thought, tried to go. I can't. This is getting embarrassing. But it's like I said. When I'm not going. Oh, it's a bit fussy. Oh, it's a bit cold in there. I'm going. Well, the, the toilet doesn't toilet. flush, and there's blood on the. There's blood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the not, blood, is, the I'm blood would be the worst one for me. That I'd be like. And no. it wasn't splatter, but it was on it. I'm no. like, well, that's enough. Sorry. That's a line. Yeah. Burn it down. I mean, the hope, the thing, the room I'm in now, the remote control doesn't work. Oh. But I gave up. I thought I'm not going down for because I've got to get all my bags and move them all around it's a pain there's one where i had to move and it's like you've got to go in that door with a card and that door with a card to get in the lift and you go out and then see her then i'm coming backwards forwards and the bloody keys aren't working so i'm going up and down with all these oh. bags up and i'm thinking this is bloody and that was the one where i got in the toilet didn't flush i thought oh god this is like laughable because so i had to get all the bags when i went into one i actually went into the shower i turned it on and i looked and there was masking tape holding the back of the shower thing onto it. I put it on and it just came at the bottom and I out, I laughed out loud, stood there. I just laughed. I laughed. Back downstairs you go. Get another room, please. I, uh, I, st- I stayed in this one place, uh, for a, well, on and off a few times, um, somewhere in London. And, uh, I realized, uh, after a bit that they were using the one time I stayed there and then the next, the time after, I realized that they were using the room next to me. Um, well, prostitutes were using the room next to me. Nice. And um, <laughs> it's a little be, bit entertaining. I wouldn't be completely again. I, 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 I've had a similar. You go first. And I'll no, go. Well, well, I just. <laughs> we were on opposite sides of the same. I was thing. working. I was working and I was coming back late and like. Uh, I was staying there because... To be was, clear, when you say you're working, you weren't one of the prostitutes, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay. No, I think we were filming, but basically I, we were finishing... Not like, filming all, all prostitutes. The pimp, all the pimp. <laughs> no, we were filming like a short film or whatever, and like... It, it, 20 minutes. It, it's easier to stay in Central, and it was very cheap. I managed to find a place that was like sort of... 18, 18 quid a night. It 18? Was, yeah, it was, it was like a cell, and it didn't have any windows. I'm pretty well, sure that's just laid on the bus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Circle quid. and district lines go yeah. round and round. Um, but yeah, and then I, I sort of got back, I was getting back very late. Uh, when you're filming, you know, you finish yeah, about yeah. one sometimes and have to be out the door at six, you know, long days. Uh, and so I'd sort of get into bed and absolutely knackered, pull my sheets up and then I'd hear like, oh, he's £150 for hour. Oh, right, yeah. And some dude going, okay. And then... Uh, then, like you'd hear like shagging noises very loudly, and then, that, like, the, that seems a lot of. I mean, I don't. I've never engaged the services of a, a prosody. I'm assuming I, I could hear. I know. I could hear. No, because you could hear that the seems conversations. Like a lot of money. One hundred eighty. One hundred fifty or something. For an hour? No, it's about eighty. I never saw what they looked like. So. Oh, okay, but they were. They, they were. I, I mean, s- I love the theory. Just <laughs> well, I used to do security for I know the price. Yeah, true. It was I think they were. They had something going with the the guy on the front desk or something because it was like late night. Okay. Just walk in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I just, I'd just be going, <sighs> like, just listen to people shag and then like have a shower afterwards and then like, feel dirty. Yeah, I felt bad. <laughs> I, I, I felt like dirty, you know, <laughs> soured by the whole thing. Yeah. 
I, I felt- suppose she was doing it in the hotel, though. Usually a lot of them hotels don't like it. They'll, they'll say, no, you can't come in here. They can see you. They know what you're up to. Uh, yeah, well, as I said, I th- I'm assuming the girl on the desk. What was your story about? Oh, well, it, very similar, but it was a gentleman who brought home uh, two, two ladies of the night. <laughs> and the thing that made it very unpleasant was sort of him making requests for them to perform certain what, acts. So where was this? <laughs> just very, very... Where was this? Just in a... I can't remember, like a... <laughs> uh, what's it called? Radisson, whatever it is. Well, hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was in a hotel. Blue, blue, but just really... I can't remember. Blue was, Radisson? Or is that a different company? I can't remember. It might not even be Radisson. Right, so okay. yeah, I yeah. mean, again, what are you going to take? Yeah. <laughs> like the coffee sachets. We haven't got anything. Um, Come and get it, boys. Yeah. But it was just the way it was just like, oh, you, now you do this, now you do that. And oh, it's like, so... Oh, Jesus Christ, just, yeah. I mean, I know you're paying for a service here, but this is just there's no uh, where's the i don't know the fantasy or whatever and it, for us it was just like but my thing is always how can you how are you not embarrassed to stir? even if you can and you want so it thin, yeah. the, the embarrassment would keep me away from it i'm not asking for none i've said when i did security for escorts <clears throat> the, the girls i used to think they're laughing at the bloke oh yeah totally but then when they're there, you go, oh, that's so embarrassing, though. Like, she's coming back into the car and going, so what happened? And all this, and I'm thinking, oh, but then the, the weird fetishes, which I, I think we've gone on about, but I don't want to go on about them again, but just realising how weird everyone is, like, just odd stuff. Like, but normal you, houses and all that. Yeah, did you, did they, were there ever <clears> ones, uh, we'll pro- we'll probably shouldn't spend too long on this, but there were, were there ever ones, you know, you know, like, oh, they just wanted to sit there and talk or. Yeah, well, two, th- I was, do you know, funny, I was saying, talking to somebody recently when they found out they used to do that. I said, two things stick out to me at the time about work, having worked in the industry. One was how weird people were. I mean, the one was, well, the girl I hated working with, but she had a regular punter who, um, where was it? Mill Hill or Whetstone or somewhere. And she, he, he wanted to be treated like a dog. So good because I hated working with her. She was like, she would cause trouble all the time. And, um, so I hated working with her because there's always going to be grief. And, um, she actually ended up stealing from one customer once a door come and he come out and she was, shouting at me like fuck him up beat him up do this blah, blah, blah. and I so I knew there was something odd because she banged the door and this is in a small street she had no sense of like you keep it down so I knew something was, wasn't right and the Scottish guy come out and he came up to the car and he said mate he said I was in the room I walked out I came back in my wallet's gone and I was, I was looking at her and I thought but it's all the time she's always trying to con okay. people this is a but she had one customer that was 50 50 whether she'd get him and he'd hire her for the whole night which was great because then you just to sit there and do nothing and um he wanted to be treated like a dog and why he was that she he was there the whole night is because he, he would want to go asleep at her feet and then wake up in the morning and she would put water down for him no sex and put them like to... it's so strange isn't it now it, but it's when you're sitting in these places you're in a normal street nice house it was a nice yeah. area and you're going just normal person a normal job but just weird but that would happen everywhere so just learning like, all these weird one was a lecturer but, but, and he wanted weird stuff doing but yeah is, is it that i suppose that they maybe can't express that or do that with their yeah, partners it, it, maybe and well you can't is, yeah but, so they're paying for this but it was weird just it was constantly thing. and i just thought it's in these normal places that just people are just weird because that, that's niche i'm saying like you'd be 
dead lucky to find a girl who's like, yeah. hey, I love also treating men like dogs but, and, yeah, and do, having a full sleep. I don't know. You I know. wonder what that means to that, as in what in your, you know, because some, sometimes when you hear about people's strange fetishes and whatnot, you go, oh, well, that means you can even in your own make it up in your brain and go, oh, well, that means that. But you go, yeah, there's certain things that? I yeah. couldn't, I'll go, what are you getting from that? But um, yeah, so, the, but it was so much like that. But then the other thing was that how many people wouldn't be having sex with them, even though they're escorts. And like, so on a regular basis, you would, they would go around and they'd sit with them for two hours, Friday nights, we'll go go and sit with them. And it was sort of like, in terms of the work, 60% of it, I reckon just over half was talking. That's really, yeah. And that really, I was like, and there was one time, you can't judge people where, um, uh, the most popular girl I worked with, I think she was Romanian, quite chatty, quite nice girl. And we went to a place and we couldn't find it. It was in like Canary Wharf. So the sat nav, forget it. It didn't know where it was. And then she had to phone him and say, look, can you come? Sometimes yes, they can come down and find us. It's easier. And I could hear him giving it, um, uh, like a turn here, go, have you seen the thing there? But I can hear him talking and he sounds rough. Now I'm not saying a Cockney accent, but like, the voice is gravelly. Quite like, aggressive sound. Yeah, yeah. Just the the, the cadence of very speaking, you know, the bloody thing. Uh, I'm thinking, oh, God. Anyway, so we get there. He comes down and he comes up. He comes to find the car and I see him and he's got about five scars in his face. Skinhead, about five scars in his face. And I'm thinking, okay, this don't, I'm not, because she's going up into a, it's not like I can see the house. This is a, some flat in the middle of, I can't walk up there with them. But you've got things they do to let you know that it's okay when they're in the flat. Um, but then um, she goes what, in. Well, like they click the lamp on and off twice. No, no, no. no that, so they, they they agree with the price and everything beforehand. They go in, then they go in, and when they get the money, they text you to say you yeah, have got the money, or oh, they okay. use certain words that you only know that in case somebody says right, text is okay. You, 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 oh, I see. Okay, so yeah, yeah, you don't go, yeah, hey, yeah. everything's fine. You don't say that if you don't say certain things, there's a problem. Well, or, I've known people who were um, estate agents and they had the similar thing. Because if you're doing tours with people, yeah, yeah, females to houses, yeah, course, yeah, 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 like and you're by yourself, yeah, yeah, you, you random people turn up, you can just there have been murders, you know, yeah. people just disappear. There was a lady who did a tour, she, you know, showed someone around the house, disappeared, never saw her again. Oh, bloody hell! But oh, well, yeah, sorry. so um, if there was a, an actual problem, like if the phone rings, what they would do is they say, "Okay, I'm, I'm just going to go to the toilet," and they just call you from and just say, "Look, come and get me," because yeah. I can't even talk my way out of this. And that was a problem. But anyway, so... Um, well, there, was, that, was that regular? Was that a, a thing that happened? No, it, very, very twice rare. it happened. Once, which is why I left, actually. That was when I said, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so she, this guy, the, the, the come down, scar, I could see his scars on his face. Like not right close to her. I could see he was waiting for it. I thought, he does not look right. Um, and he's a canary, big flat in Canary Wharf. I thought, some, this is all... I don't like things aren't... Nor I, just, I don't know what's going on here. What do you, oh. But anyway, so and it's by the bridge. Um, so um, she goes in, and then uh, the hour's coming up. And like, if, if I don't get a thing to say, I'm coming out in 10 minutes after the hour's up. There might be a problem that's happened now. That, but anyway, so she texts me and says, I'm going to stay for another hour. I thought, oh, that's all right. Um, and then he said, oh, she said, oh, I'm going to stay here for like through the whole night. He's hiding me for the whole night now. I thought, okay, that's 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 gone fine. So um, she came out the next day, <clears throat> next morning, like eight, seven o'clock, and she goes, um, <laughs> "Well, he's just got out of jail. Like he's been in jail, but he, the whole night he was just talking about his kids and that he wants to get into astrology. And then he was telling me about like planets and that, and all night. And he was then he was talking about history, but he kept coming back to that. He explained all the planets and what they meant, and that, and there was no sex. 
and he was talking about his kids the whole time. And that was it. <laughs> and he goes, so, so I think you have to look at him. I've oh got, there's definitely going to be an issue here. Actually, he's into astrology and he's, he has come out of jail, but he's just talking about his family. He wants to get his kids back and he just wanted something to talk to on a Saturday. It's a big house. A big just, just go on Reddit. I mean, come on. Like, just generally go on a forum or something. Like, make some friends, you know, go on the astrology Reddit. But she like, said, yeah. she said he was, she it's might be a drug dealer because he said he opened a drawer and had a load of money in there uh. and he just gave me some of the money on, on top of like the, the 800 quid it would have been or something for oh, that money. Drug dealers the only one with cash on them now. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, also, anyone, drag, also got, drug dealers the only guy who's going to be like, I'm going to have a career in astrology. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's good. The one when I decided to knock it on the head because it was hard. It was one of them things again where you've come out of a certain life and you think you've sort of changed your life and you're a different person, mentality's changed and all that. And then for whatever reason, you've got to go back into it. But now you're not like that, and it's hard to sort of be a nice person. And but still, we got you're messing around in this sort of industry. And then it got to the point where it was an agency got, and they started getting desperate with the people they were hiring. So it started becoming Polish and Romanian, and then their language wasn't that great. But then it got to one girl that I picked up, and um, she didn't know how to say anything in English. Like, and I was thinking. Right, this has got to be. She's part of a gang, sex gang, because she the how did you get yeah, here? Yeah, I can't yeah, speak English. Yeah. How did you turn up here? Only young as well, like eighteen. <clears throat> she was saying like pointing to her face. And I'm like, what? I don't. What? What? And I think she was saying, eat, eat. I'm going. You want? Yeah, eat me, eat. And I was like, oh, you want something to eat? Yeah. And I thought, and I was thinking, right, I'm supposed to be in charge of her safety, and I'm not one of these. Nearly swore. That are most drivers that just couldn't care less. They're just there to get some money, try it on with a girl. That's mainly why they're there. That's why they're. And I'm trying to do like, a, I've just finished being a head doorman at five years in a nightclub. You know, I'm trying to be a professional. And um, so she goes into a place, I think it was her second job that night. She went into a place in oh, Walthamstow, Hackney, somewhere around there. And um, she goes in, and it was at the council block, and I can see her walking up, but I can't see where she's gone. But then she's in there. And I didn't hear nothing, like 10 minutes gone past, I'm thinking, right, I didn't see what flat she went in. But um, she then called, which means there's a problem, but I can't understand what she's saying. Oh, God, yeah. She doesn't sound panicked, but I don't know what she's saying. Nothing, I've got no reference points of any words she's saying. So I had to hang up, call the agency. They had to call her. Somebody could speak Romanian, spoke to her. And they, she said, well, I'm just going to say what she said. It's not, but she said, um, uh, you need to go up because there's six black guys in there. That's what she said to me. So I'm like, oh God, I need this. And that's what I thought. I didn't think I was going to go through the night. I thought I can't do this one. So I had to go up. And she was lucky enough, the room number that they give, uh, they're supposed to tell you if they change numbers because sometimes they'll give a number if it's dodgy and they'll go to that flat, but it'll be a different flat number. And you go, well, obviously you've got to let me know that that yeah. isn't the number, but it was the number that they gave. Um, Yes, I just went in there, and I was, but I just knew how to play people. So I just, again, I always think people are animals, and especially when you're lower down in society, criminality, you, you're even more of an animal. So you're easy to manipulate. It's more even even easier. So, um, well, basically, I got her out, but it was just you had to you, you, with with we go into a situation like that. You can't you can't fight them. You can't fight people because well, also there's six people. Yeah, yeah. so you yeah. can't do that. That's out of the question. That's so you go right. So what you would do is. You can only confuse them and you have to do it quick. You can't give them time to think because the second I open that door, they're analyzing me and you have to be quick. So they, before they know what's gone on, you've gone. Um, so I open the door 
and people think, oh, you're pretending to police. No, you, so you can't give them anything. You don't get them. So I, you open the door, you say, where's so-and-so, and give a different name, because that then goes, what, who's he talking about her? That's a little, that's half a second. And you say things that's unusual, like so-and-so, you don't talk to them. Get out of here. I fucking told you. Excuse my language, but that's what. Get out here. And they say, where is she? Is she in there? Yeah. I, I told you. Get them. So they're thinking, right, is this a boyfriend? I, I, I'm not. You know, and then she'll come out immediately. And then I'll be saying something as she's going down the stairs. And that's what you've got on your side. You've got to. You know, I can't turn up and go, I'm the boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Because they go, okay, I know what the situation is here. Fucking you. Or grab you or something like that. Maybe he's a policeman, but he's shouting. He's using a different name. He's, he's not even bothered about me. He's having a go at her. So you've, that's what you've got to do to just get her out the building. Mm. If you stand there talking, mm. they're analysing you. Because they're people that like that, they're con men as well. They, they're trying to analyse who are you and where, are, where does all this fit. So you've got about yeah. three seconds to get her out by going where, shouting, called a different name. Gay, I told you. Told you what? Like, I don't, don't give them anything. That's, that's why police always shout when they kick the door in. You well, they use sound. So I used yeah. to, honestly, God, I used to, when I was doing door work, I used to, because I'm not that big. I did it for 15 years. But I was, and I was working in the worst places. Got a bit of a death wish. All the places people didn't want to work, they'd phone me, so do you want to go and work at that thing? I'm, yeah, I'm not bothered. Black clubs where you wouldn't really get anybody, nobody wanted to work in unless you were a black doorman because it was just grief all night. So I go, yeah, give me up. I don't give a shit. So, um, uh, and I, re- I learned, and I hate to say these things, but it is a learning thing that like sometimes people are too big and you might be on your own in the club. It's not like a, you know, you're not a David Lloyd's club. This is a nightclub. You might be on your own. You might be in a pub in the middle of nowhere. And I had to work out ways to get people out or beat them without just being physical. And usually I'm talking after the, trying to talk people around and things like that. And I realised, again, people are animals. You just have to overpower them. Like you're not playing the same game they are. So even if they're bigger. And it, I did this a few times because I realised accidentally it worked once, um, and I just kept it, and then I knew what I was doing, so I was more confident in doing it, and I would be, if I was trying to get somebody out and they grabbed me or something like that, I would just get as close to their ear as possible and just keep repeating to them, I'm not going to swear, but get your effing hands off me. But just grab the bigger than me, like ridiculously bigger, there's no point, and just keep screaming it, and no matter what they say or do, I just keep saying it and keep saying it, keep saying it right in their eardrum, and their hands would drop. It's like the, 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 it's that animal thing of like, oh, he's like he's not listening to me, and we're not talking about anything. He's not discussing anything. There's no thing. He's not even trying to do anything. He's just saying, "Get your hand, get," and just keep screaming. And sometimes it has to be like twelve times in their ear, right in their ear roll, to the point where they they drop down. Even little things where like where I'd be arguing with people, and if you use their family name rather than their first name when you're trying to discuss them something it clicks something in somebody's brain where you're using the family name which probably like let's say mr smith if i say like you know lazy lee if i do it it's different if i start talking to mr smith because you're hearing your dad's name really and it's slowing you down do you know what i mean you're getting a thing of family yeah in between the two it, it confuses people so i just say listen this and it, it honestly it works like a charm because um in fact, there's a <laughs> in Hemel. Funny enough, I, I, I stroll out I, I straight out of where I was, and I, went, I, I had to go and do the laundrette. Oh, something even that. See, I'm telling you two stories in one. So I had to okay, go start, to the, start with the one. I had to go to the laundrette, which is just like oh, I haven't done this for years. This is depressing. I went in there. I'm trying to think. I've never used it. Really, I'm oh sure I, I feel it's like five pound eighty just to wash. 
the clothes. Forget drying them. It's five pound eighty. That's so, the thing. They're not cheap anymore. They no. used to be like like back in the day. They used to be a bit cheap. They used to be five, like two, five, two three quid. And it goes up to six twenty. So five eight. Anyway, I go in there. There's like heart music playing, which is the worst because it's sort of like miserable Whitney Houston, and you're there putting your this pants. This is in. your lot. <laughs> this is your lot, crazy. Yeah, and you're putting your dirty <laughs> pants in there, going, "This is not good. Why play something? Because I'm depressed." But somebody got arrested outside. <laughs> As I'm outside, I see the blue light in the background. Come, uh, someone coming out of the laundry. No, no, oh, it's oh, in right. a precinct. You know, when they're like with all the different shops, sweet shops, Chinese shops, and yeah, yeah, yeah. one of these precincts. And they'll see the blue lights going. I try not to keep it. I keep away. I just keep to myself. I don't want to see anything. You're like, finally, they've caught up to me. <laughs> yeah. I dived into I the machine. Back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ran out the back door. Yeah. Get the door off. Butch and Sundog yeah. style. Just come running out. <laughs> Guns blazing. But they, um, there was a guy being arrested for something. There's two blokes. All the kids are surrounded him, having a look. Everyone's coming out the shops, like gawping. And uh, they were talking to him. And at one point, he tries to break away from them. And it's like, I'm not kidding. There must have been like 10 coppers and just one bloke. And, um, First of all, I say, don't have so many. It looks bad. It just calm the situation down by don't having so many people there. You're making it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're talking to him. And they're going, and he's saying his first name. Let's just say it's Lee again. And he's going, Lee, stop doing this. Lee, stop doing that. Like, I'm thinking, use his family name. So Mr. So-and-so, calm it down. It does, your brain calms down when you, even though you're not thinking of it, by using that audio of your family name, it just tips you a little bit one way. But anyway, so that, when I was uh, laundry, uh, doing the laundry out there, Oh God! I, sorry, uh, I was there another time in the same laundrette. <clears throat> I've been there four times now, once a week. Um, and as I come out, the, get out of the car, there's a kid. You know, you see like a, a an alcoholic on the thing, bomber jacket, jeans with a can of skull. The kid must have been about twelve, a boy, twelve, and he's lying down. I'm sorry, the twelve-year-old was an alcoholic. Well, I, I see it. He's a twelve. He look, he's a twelve-year-old. Looks, he looks like the clothes of an the way he's lying on the floor, like on oh, the concrete. Okay, right. right, right. And he's got no shoes on. And I'm sort of looking around going, maybe he's not 12. Maybe he's just like, and I get close. I think, oh, that's a kid. And he's got no shoes, no shoes. So I go in, I think, and as I walk past, he had a can of beer. He was asleep at the time. He had a can of beer. Oh, this God. is Stitch. <laughs> yeah, and this is, um, this is a small, this is like a small half seven of... in the morning. Just when it opened, half seven in the morning. On uh, a weekday? Yeah, weekday. And I go in and I come out and I, I see him. He must have woke up or something. And I see him walk just with no shoes on. And he comes out past the shot and then he comes back. And then I'm sitting, I'm looking. And he's just, and I'm thinking he's no older, no way he's older than 13, 14. He's young mm-hmm. and he's got no shoes on and he's just got this beer next to him. And he goes and puts his head down on the concrete. He's lying on the concrete with his head like on, going onto a little small grass bit. And I just think, oh, I didn't need this in the head. So and and other way I thought oh, I was just trying to think of other stuff and then when I walked past and walked past him and then as I walked past I realised how small he was like I thought this is a kid and yeah. I'm sort of half looking around going is somebody know him does somebody some of the shops are they looking at oh, nothing and I got got back in the car and I was like oh god I was looking I'm thinking right what do I do, do what I don't know what what the options are why am I going getting involved in this but I don't know who to what do I say something do I call somebody do I, so I go in the shop and I'm thinking right what do I do because nobody's doing nothing here and I thought well let me just go and speak to him so I went back and said you're right well yeah it's friendly enough I said uh, how long have you been out here he said oh just a few days I didn't even bother asking why his shoes I thought somebody's probably nicked them off him because yeah. that happened to me once when I was home somebody tried to wake him somebody's trying to pull the shoe off my foot but um so um 
I said, do you, want to, do you want something to eat? He said, oh, yeah, do you mind getting some water? And I just, I just bought a load of shit in a bag. And I gave him 20 quid, which I didn't really have, to be honest. I was hoping to bless him. So I gave him the 20 quid. But then I was driving, I was thinking, right, that's in my head now. What, am I supposed to just walk? That's it, just leave the kid there. Is that what you're supposed to do? I mean, if it was a two-year-old, you'd do something. If it was a five-year-old, you'd do At what point do you go? I mean, he's, tw- he's no way he's older than 12. He's young. So now I think, right, that's another person in my head now. I'm thinking, right, next time I go there, what, is it just supposed to leave him there? Do I? So I think, I don't know what to do. Why is no, why, who's looking after this situation? It's in a precinct. There's people coming and going constantly. And this is just kids sat there. And I thought, well, I don't know what to do here. But yeah, that, that was. In- I, I don't know who you call. I mean, it may, yeah, that's what I mean, what you, do you? You maybe call the police. Like that's the only because uh, yeah. I don't know what social because they get in touch with social services or something. I don't know you whether think that's a something good thing. must have like, been done. Uh, it's in a precinct of shops. There's about thirty shops. Somebody must have phoned or he can't have just been lying there. Um, I don't know. Like it's like with homeless people, they become like invisible. You know, what yeah, I mean? adult. People, I understand, but yeah, not a kid. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a homeless child before. Yeah, I've never I seen. I mean, one again, that that's young. not something I'm like, ooh, yeah. tick off a list. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't. I couldn't, think my ever, brain wasn't not in this country. No. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Philippines, yeah. like abroad or whatever. Yeah, like third world countries, obviously. Yeah, I don't think I've. No, I don't think I've ever seen a homeless child before. Yeah, honestly, there the, really, there was a girl yeah, in. Um, I really don't think I, I haven't. Have. I haven't seen a homeless kid. Not not under sort of like 17, 18. I mean, or yeah, I even, yeah, like late teens is probably yeah. the youngest. Of, uh, uh, as, I, as I think I tell you, I went up in Brighton once. I was doing some work down. I saw young people down there. I was surprised how many yeah. homeless people there were. They oh, were actually times, more young yeah. down there. But, um, but, but no, I remember, I remember the first time I saw, uh, you know, like babies on the street. Like babies? Toddlers, toddlers on the street. What was yeah. this? Well, was it? well, India, whatever, yeah. And I, and I was just like, wow, it really, it really shocked me, like, for, for a bit. Well, I remember yeah, I uh, listening to a BBC documentary, and they were talking about, it's not even a joke, it was on BBC Radio 4, and they were talking about how when the parents have kids and they don't want them, they do things like bind their feet and bind their hands, because to make money, they need to be disabled. Yeah. So they literally make them disabled, oh, that's part man. of what they do, to get money out, because they, they're not going to be able to feed themselves, and they don't want to just leave them aside, so the only way of making money is to so be what, begging. the lesser, lesser of two evils. Yeah, I mean, it's a horrendous lesser of two evils. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a girl in um, do you remember Ukraine called Oksana. Do you remember? It, that's sort of ringing a bell. Yeah. So the, both the parents were alcoholics, and um, she was like a three-year-old, and they basically she was just wandering in and out of the house, and eventually she just wandered and stayed with some dogs, like some wild dogs, and they found her when she was like seven, and she'd stayed with these dogs all the years, um, just out like out in the forest. Like, yeah. And. Um, was she like the feral kid from Mad Max? Yeah, there's too? been a f- no, there's been a few of these feral kid things, yeah. but it's only because she was so young. Mm. Usually, like they're eight, nine, they run away from that in two years. But no, she was like three or four, and um, they found her when she was seven or eight, I think it was, and um, they couldn't communicate with her because she'd taken on the, the instincts of a dog and the white growling and the she had the speech pattern. And they said they just got her in time. If it's a couple more years, the vocal cords would have set and there wouldn't have been. I think you've got up to like ten, twelve. If you haven't used your vocal cords by then, they'd set in the way. You can't yeah. out-train without, like, religiously doing it for year to year. It's your vocal cords set. And um, you bet she said she was barking and she was sleeping on the floor and all that. Because from three to seven, that's a big lifetime. Yeah, where, and that's a major uh, yeah. period of cognitive development. So yeah, like, like really been. fundamental sort yeah. of stuff that you need to. There was one, um, oh, it was a film I see, and it was a, it was a girl... And she'd been kidnapped and she was one of these things that kept in a basement for years. I think she was like 13, 14. Was this when the room? F- 
No, no, no. Uh, wait, uh, but they had a kid. She had a kid. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so no, that's room. The room uh, sorry, is yeah, entirely yeah, yeah. different. Well, yeah. I saw this about 15 <laughs> years ago, and it was old. It seemed old then. But it was based on the true story. And the, the police, the, the, it was like they were t- taking statements from the police after the fact and having actors re-say what okay. the words they said. So they got her, and she'd been held captive for like 10 years or something like that. And she was 13, 14 at the time. And they said when they brought her, they would found her and they thought she was dead or missing. They brought her back in the car. The woman was saying that two people found her, um, would bring it, brought her back to the police station. She was actually masturbating in the back of the car because to her, it wasn't a sexual act. Do you know what I mean? She didn't have any social thing. She, it was just no different. You can't rubbing your hair. Do you know what I mean? Or combing. It was just to her. It was a pleasurable thing. You know, it wasn't, there's no sexual act associated with it. Yeah, she hadn't been socialised. No, yeah, she didn't know it wasn't an inappropriate thing to do. I thought, fuck, yeah, if you just don't know, then you just, it's not, like, to that level, you don't know it's a a, a private, inappropriate thing. Yeah, I mean, that took me back, uh, took me back a minute. Yeah, I'm not not laughing, I'm laughing out of sight embarrassment. No, but I mean, it's it's terrible, but it just shows how bad that is. If you've just been kept in a cage, you you, you combing your hair, if somebody once said, oh, that's a sexual act, you go, well, no fucking, I don't know. There's a, a really good film called Dogtooth, and it is a Greek film. Mm-hmm. And it is about um, okay. a. Uh, it was. It's about these kids who were sort of raised in this uh, ruralish house, uh, and they basically only ever stay in this house in this compound, and they don't really have any contact with the outside world, and they completely make up what everything is and like what airplanes are, and they give different weird names to everything and come up with all these stupid games. It's really interesting because it's it's about sort of language and, and ideas and developments and stuff. It's really, it's really interesting. So what is it? Subtitled, was it? Yeah, it is, mm. yes. Oh. How did you come up on that? Uh, I don't know. I think it was on late late on Film 4. Or you not. get a dub, though. I'm sure they do a dub version. Greek uh, films, maybe. yeah? Or like foreign season or something like that. No, they just have weird films. Uh, <laughs> occasionally, like, like late at night, like sometimes like one in the morning, two in the morning, they'll just have something odd. I watched a really good uh, Swedish comedy uh, Swedish comedy. It was so weird. I forget the name. It was like called a pigeon sits down on a bench and contemplates life and the universe. Oh, it's just literally. This is the, the, that, yeah. And it was just so odd. It was really stilted and odd and like really like it was all done with like large wide you know uh, wide shots oh, and everyone was standing framed in these shots. It was just just want so, to take LSD to watch it to get the real world effect of the film. No, it was, it was just so odd and quirky. I really liked it. It was just. I was listening to a do- uh, um, an interview and it was a one of these uh, young, she's fairly young, about 25, 26, who has escaped from North Korea. And um, so she was explaining the stuff and it was like, um, I mean, we've done this thing on North Korea, but to, I had stuff I hadn't heard of that she was explaining about the, the she said, um, he said, tell me stuff that you, you didn't know, like that you now know. Mm. And she said, um, she said, well, we, we didn't have a word for stress or anxiety. Like we didn't have that. You weren't allowed to use any like, because it was like against the system, like you're being put upon. She said there was no words for it. She said, so everyone has a weird feeling, but it's, it was never spoken oh, about. okay, that's really you, interesting. We yeah. don't, there was no word. She said, no, she said stress. And he said, what about anxiety? He said, no, we didn't have any words to do. She said, I knew there was a weird feeling and I didn't know what it was. She said, people used to talk, but 
they didn't know what there's something wrong with them. So, and we found out, oh, it's a word called stress. And like you go, fuck, so, so Newspeak, really, yeah. really like Newspeak. They, they literally sort of changed the language a bit to sort of cut out. Yeah, I forgot the other stuff. Concepts. Yeah, it was, there was a few things. And I was like, oh my God, like I I've never heard that before. No. But um, you're saying, like she says, everyone knows there's something wrong. But because you haven't been speaking, there's no language to say things are wrong here. So everyone's a bit in a daze, like, we don't know what's wrong, but there's nothing wrong. It is difficult it's, to sort of express, put your finger on it. Yeah, it's, it's a, anxiety. <laughs> She's a no word for that. She's right. no word for that sort of thing. Um, there is somebody I'm trying to get on the show, which might happen, but it's it's a policeman, and he was t- to do with the paedophile rings, and I listened to it, but it was one of those times where you hear something, and he's been doing it for like thirty years, um, and he the when he. Just generally, well, like okay, okay. paedophile rings, right. including the thing. But he's like at the forefront of it. But the problem was, he's now speaking, he's getting trouble because he said, for 30 years, I've been trying to f- do these things. And one thing after the other gets closed down just as I get to a certain point. And then he, exp- he goes into the how it was all working and how they work. And it was just, it was one of the moments in my life where after listening to that, I thought, oh my God, like it's in your face everywhere. And it's just, you're not hearing it in the media. And he says, it's normal. He said, all this people, he said, it's normal. He said, it's everywhere and it's in everything from this to this to this. And he said, it's all over the society. He said, but whenever it gets to a certain point, it's closed down. I think he said, I'm up to like seven or so. I get, they do these things and I'm in charge. And then it gets to a point and he said, it's done. He said, what do you mean it's done? I've been working for years and it's done. And the one guy, he said, the only person that ever said anything to me was somebody that says, look, this is way above us. Just it's done. I can't do anything. Uh, it, this makes me sound like if, uh, it, it. This makes me sound like a PizzaGate guy, like a QAnon <laughs> guy. But there was a documentary on on a major network on ITV, and one of the guys, this guy, investigated Jimmy Savile in the eighties or nineties. So, so a while ago, mm. before yeah, you know, before he died, before you know everything became public, and he said he filed a report. So a lady came, a girl came, and. Uh, made some made some accusations, made some claims. Um, he filed a report, listened to her, interviewed her, filed a report, went back home. He claims he had a call from the Home Secretary uh, telling him that uh, why was he filing reports on uh, Jimmy Savile. He's a bloody good chap, and uh, he's done a lot for this country. And, uh, yeah, she's, pr- she's probably lying. You need to call it. You need, you need to stop all this and uh, delete the record or whatever. And he's just like, yeah. And he he said he had a call from the chief police for his district, the the home secretary, and like the local MP or something. Like when he got back, well, he said he said he was talking about people. He said, "I'll, I'll talk about people that have died now, so there's, it doesn't yeah. matter." And he said, "My thing was because of what it was I was doing, I had to make sure that I had to have corroborating evidence from various people that had never met." And asked some very specific things, and he said there was like statistics on um, how small like child prostitution was. He said, but we knew certain places in London there were like queues of young children to go into certain places that were being picked up at certain places. But the media was saying no, it's very small, it's very small. While I'm doing seeing what's going on, he said. Um, when I first started, he said the, the, the woman, I can't remember, he was giving political names, I don't know her name. He said there, there, there were six cases, apparently, between this year and this year. And he said, when I was put in charge of this thing, he said, right. He said, I went, he said, I opened the yellow phone book. And he said, I went to the, uh, the uh, children's home. I think Haringey has got more than any other 
um, children's homes in the, the care work than the rest of the country. He said, I opened the yellow pages. He said, I phoned up the first one. I said, hi, my name's PC, whatever. How many of the people, children at your, the home, um, have anything strange going on? And she said, well, we've got f- six kids. I think he said three get picked up every Thursday by a car and taken away and then they're brought back and they look like they've been on drugs but they're kids and he said that was the first one I called the care work he said there's definitely three of them are definitely being they're being picked up by these expensive cars and they're coming mm-hmm. back and they're all like he said one of them said the girl had lots of cysts inside her vagina like so we we had to keep giving her new underwear but she was clearly being prostituted somewhere but why aren't they doing something yeah like that? Oh, I, don't, I don't know I didn't see that bit but, um, he said, but I don't think there's any proof they're just sort of like I don't know why, but he said that was the first one I called. Imagine like letting them go every Thursday. A lot. Of, well, the thing is, a lot, a lot of the care homes they were being abused in the care homes. Oh, I mean, there was like multiple rape. One guy who did he was dying of cancer. And he said oh, I had to speak about this before I die, and he's like multiple rapes and people were pay, paying. He was the, the care worker. No, he was being raped as a child. He's oh, done. He's like his fifties now. Um, but he goes on about. He said Ted Heath was one of the most prolific, maybe the most prolific paedophile. Um, who was, I don't know what, he was in the politics in the, what was it? Well, he was a prime minister. He was prime minister. Oh, he was prime yeah. minister. Yeah. He said, it got silly. He said, I had about 30 children that would say very specific, that had never met, that would say very specific things about where they would go, what he was like when he was naked. He said 30, he got up to 30 different children. And he said, what they would all say, that what this was what paedophiles were doing. He said, it might still go on now, but, isn't, but anyway, he said, what they do is, it's happening on riverboats. That's where these politicians take these children because the laws are different on the water. And what they do is they sail down between the towns and they change district as the abuse is going on. So even if you were I mean, paedophilia, you know, that kind of crime is, that's not going to matter whether you do it on the water. Well, this is what, I don't know this specifically, said, but Surely. what I'm saying is if somebody was going to uh, say there's a crime done, you couldn't guarantee where, it, what the, where the act took place because the child would just say, I was on a boat. Yeah. You can't say, I went there. You say, well, you went on a boat there, but then you were doing nothing for half an hour. Where did the crime actually take place? I don't know because we were sailing through. The, and it just creates another little loophole sort of thing. Um, but then it went on and on and on. And he's just saying, I've been doing this for 30 years. And he said, I'm sick. I've been again and again and again. And then he goes into all the people's names and all the people associated with it. And all the people he said that I would crop, make sure they didn't know each other. And it was just hundreds of kids constantly going into these places and vanishing for the weekend again and again. And then every time he got even halfway up the ladder, he would get a call and say, right, that's closed off. And he said, right, again and again and again, it's always closed off at a certain point. Then he goes into the Royal Family thing and which led me on to another podcast, which is a guy I'm trying to get on. He was, um, he, um, he was actually one of the guards for Prince Andrew at the, the Royal Buckingham Palace for years. And then he goes on about him and you go, there was always young girls coming and which caused problems because he then had to break the law, not break the law, but on he had to let things go to do with security constantly. And he says, there's one bit where he says, um, he was just, he was hated by the people around the police around him because they had to look after him. What's the place he was given somewhere by the queen when he got married? It wasn't Windsor, but it's some house and they had to protect the place and you know, they got to look after the place. Mm. And he said that he was hated by the policeman that looked after him because he was a horrible person to them. He said at one point, there's a Prince couple, Andrew, says. yeah, um, because they had to secure the place and he said, but he 
he didn't give a shit about securing the place. He said so people would turn up in a cab, like a couple of young girls in a cab, and then I'd have to stop and get their name. And she said at one point, one of the, the girls comes out slightly, but she says, look, he's expecting me. And he said, well, your name's not on anything. And she called him up right there, and then he said, I saw her call him. She called into the house. He heard him on the phone, said to the thing, give the phone to the police officer. She said, he gave me the... Yeah, it was to him. There's two of them. No, tell lie. It was to the guy he was with. And he screamed down the phone. And I'm, I'm not going to swear, but he said, well, actually, I'm going to say it just because he said, okay. he said, listen, you fat bastard. You better let them down there now. I'm going to effing come down and open the gate myself. And he said, and he said, the, the girl that was there, she said she looked embarrassed because of what he screamed down the phone. Listen, you fat bastard. Mm-hmm. To the security, one of your security. And then they had to let him through. And he said, that happened quite a lot. Um, there was one point he said, because he's talking about how nasty he is. He's, he's a horrible person. And he said, um, at one point he couldn't get in the gate because I think there's two gates and there's nobody on the gate to let him in. Instead of going around the other side, which was half a mile away, he said he rammed the gate open with his car. And he said um, he then found out that he charged, you know, you had to pay his £80,000 to get that gate. He rammed it with his car, just smashed it through. And then he had to go at somebody said, well, I wasn't anybody gay. But he says a few things like that. And he's getting like one of the police officers who trained, fully trained police officers to carry his like golf bags for him. And they said, you, you do it because, you, you know, but he said he was a not, he was not like, he was hated by everyone because he was a horrible person. Mm. Having, having seen that interview with him uh, on the BBC, um, I'm shocked to, to hear that he's a horrible person <laughs> and an absolute scumbag. Well, I'm he, literally he says, shocked. He makes me laugh. He was said, I want to saw him in an interview and he's talking about like being a respectful person. He said, I, I, I didn't sweat. He said, I would see him sweating on the green there with were pictures, there were pictures then, quite, you know? um, quite yeah you know a few produced showing him sweating whilst dancing in nightclubs with young you know it's like oh i'm very boring i don't do this so, either it's, but, su- it's such a blatant lie it's 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 appalling because yeah it's just but this, so this in your face. what was saying this this copper that um uh, i think he's moved to a different police thing now but he's written some books now about the whole thing and just he's been doing it for 30 years and it's worse than you think it's so out there he said i can say names about this that, and, that, and he, he spells it all out and um you go, it is everywhere. It's everywhere. Oh. And he goes, then the satanic thing comes in. He said, it's hard to talk about because um, it, 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 he says it's you, the, the satanic thing. He said, it's more paedophilia hidden behind, hidden behind a theater of they believe in something, but it's actually child rape. That's what it is. And it's like these old boy networks. They do, they've built these things up on time upon time. <clears throat> And then I was thinking, then when I listened to the police, the, the arms police officer one, when he's talking about police Andrew, I was thinking, I didn't realize all that was going on to the way, to the extent that he's talking. I said, it's everywhere. And you just don't know it's, it's everywhere. And um, then it, I thought, he's a genuine person. He's been doing it all year. He's got the books out and all that. And then he was talking about one woman. And I thought, let me listen to this interview. And she'd been basically brought up in the pedophile rings and all that. And it was so horrific. And then she was saying things and places and names, and it all it all falls into the same thing that the coppers were saying about how things were like where things were taking place and why. And I didn't know, but the abuse was so horrific. I just thought I would like to get her on, but I don't know if I can sit through that because no matter what she said, there would be something else that then happened, and then happened, and then happened. And then there was this woman who'd done a te- something popular about a TED talk. This I think she was Belgium, and there was a big problem, there was a big thing in Belgium. 
that came out about um there was like one of these aristocrat things that was doing a paedophile ring and it actually got out and there was massive marches in belgium about this thing that had happened um and she was one of the children that were involved in it um and then she was actually involved in like these satanic rituals. she said i was very young but um, it's just the things i can remember yeah. about them doing this to me and doing that to me and the, the immigrant children that would come on that she said all my life I was being abused and all these things that were happening. She goes through what was happening. Always seems to fall into the same sort of pattern of what they were getting up to and who and posh people and wearing the masks. And I can remember that person was into that and that. Um, and then being flown around and then being told not to say this because of that. And, but, and she yeah. goes through her whole life and it was like she grew up in a farm and all the abuse was happening. All the satanic stuff was happening there where they would come in, different people. Um, and then it gets to the one point where I'm, I'm going to try and get her on. I mean, she's overseas, but I'm going to try and get her to say a story on here. What, what they do with kids that are like, they clearly get them from overseas, so they haven't got any parents. She said, one, but she said, what they do is, um, they, they basically, when it's an actual disaster, Thailand, they'll just go out there, and where are your parents? They're dead, and then they just take the kids. That's where they get them from. God. Because they've got no, that's the first, they said, she said something about the charity workers where they know to watch for it. They know when these things happen, weird people are going to turn up and just start grabbing these kids. That, that, that's why it was such a scandal um, with the unaccompanied child migrants uh, during the Syrian refugee crisis. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally no country was, wanted to take responsibility. And we set targets and then we didn't take kids. We, set, we said we were going to take 10,000 children or whatever and then we took like three. You know what I mean? Because it was unpopular because most of them were brown. You know what I mean? But she, the thing she says that goes, I couldn't, it happened, she said at the end of the book, she said, you know, she said, there's anything you haven't told us? And she said, um, so there's two different people were asked the same question. The, the, the Belgian woman who, um, she said, uh, what would happen to the, the, the kids that were just from overseas? Um, I'm going to repeat. The other woman, she said, she said, because the guy said, if there's anything, uh, she's written a book, if there's anything you haven't told anybody, she said, she said, I didn't, she said there was one time where she grew up in a farm there was like a barn there and there was a lot of abuse happening she said she um, went into one of the barns and she was only young and she said there was two women in there pregnant and chained up and she said Jeez. the girls were saying to me can you please get somebody and she said I didn't know what to do so I just closed the door and she said they were both quite clearly pregnant and chained up she said, so she didn't know if there was a, a, a they, there was a constant thing of getting yeah, kids pregnant God. and keeping them. And it, now, when I say these things, you go, the, well, that's got dark. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. But my thing was, I was going to get the policeman because I th it was so bad and it was sorry. I thought it doesn't really fit the, the, the sort of the, the ethos of the show. Yeah. But you, so you, you, if it's children being raped, then surely you've got a, a, a responsibility. It's not like you're having to go to poverty or whatever. He said, this is going on now. He said, it's constantly going on and there's a whole system. And he says, why it's so entrenched, yet so, so uh, little known about it across the countries. He said, because it's been going on for so long, it's just, it's ingrained in society. It's ingrained in there. There was one bit where the English woman, I th yeah, she's English, and she said, when I was being taken to parties, she said that was every week I was being taken to parties and then to doctors and to parties and to doctors. And she said, when I got to a point about 14 and I knew this was wrong, I just started to know it was wrong. I didn't know anything. I didn't, she was just born into it. She said, when people would come to the parties, 
she would know that they're not, they don't quite feel right doing these things to me. And she said, I kept waiting for somebody to say, like, I, I can't do this. And she said, over all the years, nobody said no. Like, they all come to the party and abuse the children and all that. And she said, I kept thinking somebody's going to go, no, I can't do this. She said, I'd know they were not, they were new. They didn't quite feel right. She said, but they would all, she said, not one person said, I can't do this. So she think, she said, he was trying to ask, he said, look, what do you think is going on? She said, it's almost like it's a, some sort of initiation where you've shown to be a certain bad person and they're just getting you in to do this thing and it makes you a part of the thing. I suppose it also means they've got something on you. Yeah. So that, oh, the, the, the. I mean, again, that's not to excuse. No, no, yeah, no 100%, 100%, 100%. Now, it's like joining a gang, or sometimes gang initiations are to hurt someone, rob someone, or kill someone. Or whatever. Well, she says same thing because you're now implicated. You're you know. the, the the Belgian woman, and she didn't say what it was. She said, um, "He said, how did you get out?" He said, um, "Well, you have to do something when you leave." That's how they. And they said at one point, so I don't even want to say it, to it but basically, children were being butchered. She said there was people that knew how to cut up children and at one point before I left they put me on the butcher's slab and they just left me there for hours and she said then they let me go she said, they said but before you go you have to do something and they said there is a way of getting out she said but and she didn't say what it was but it's obviously something gang you know you've got to do something where but she said the pedo she don't think a lot of them were paedophiles she said she could see at a certain age that they didn't really feel right being there so it's something to do with bringing people in. <clears throat> and the thing that the, the copper kept coming back to, he said, it's, it's such a big lie that what's happening, but it's because it's been going on for so long that it's so entrenched in everything, in every industry, that it's all held down. That, so you just don't know it's there. He said, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, and I was going to go, like, when I went from him, which was just like, I thought, oh, you know, Peter, if I ring, I'd get it. He go, Oh, mate, like when you go, he goes through all his stories about what's been going on, all the politicians, all the people, and all the police forces, then joining up and then being all cut to bit and then doing it again and a new thing and you can't do anything. And he said, um, and then it led on to the woman that he didn't, he'd spoke to about her whole life in it. And then the Belgian woman, which is just a TED talk they'd never met about the Belgian thing, which actually was more, it came out more in Belgium where people en masse were sort of marching. It went on for a long time about this aristocrat who got away with it in the end. Um, and so she was doing the TED talk, but she'd been the whole life was in it. Um, and I thought, it, it, it's not like oh, I want to talk to them. I was actually thinking, really, you, people should know who these people are. Like that copper, when he goes through the whole story, his whole 30 years in the police force of everything he went through, the whole thing. And he's got an analytical mind. He's got it all. He knows. He said, I remember certain things. I was thinking, you, 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 you've, somebody's got to say stuff. You've got to talk. You've got to get these people out there. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you've listened to the whole thing that you actually go, oh, this is for real. This isn't like a paedophile ring. Oh, it's terrible. We go, oh, this is, a, this is like it, for three days. I didn't really sleep properly. I was thinking, I mean, especially when the, the woman, the Belgian woman, when it was things that she was saying, well, I was like, I can't, my head can't get around the fact that this is real. Like I can't, quite cope with this this is why i say nothing compared to the when she goes through a whole story in the years of what happened and now and she said the satanic thing um what they call it satanic something ritual is like an uh, abbreviation of it she said you don't want to say it because it sounds like kooky she said but they're just using that thing it's just another it's a little 
theatre around the paedophilia. Yeah, maybe that's part of the... But she said they dress up in silly clothes and things. And she said, but she said every year it got worse. And nothing I say will prepare you for what you'll hear when you, but you have to hear the whole story and you can tell it was a normal person. And she said, Uh, what was, what was this that you listened to? It was just three different podcasts, but it was one just led me on to the other one. But um, the, um, the, the, the English woman, she's saying, even now people still say I'm lying. She said, I'm like 40 years old. I've got two kids. I've got nothing. She said, like, I looked her up online. She had like a 500 followers. She said, I've got nothing, but I just need to say this. And there was one guy that the copper spoke to um, who's now interviewed. This guy's dying of cancer. And he said, basically, I was just being sold from care home to care home. And he said, since I was a kid, and he's like 16 or something like that, dying. And he said, the, 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 the multiple people were raping me every single night, and then I'd be sold on to somebody else. And it, I just went around all the care homes. He said, and he's just saying it's, it's everywhere, and nobody's doing anything about it. And then the cop was saying, oh, yeah, there was a place in London that they used to go and queue up, and the people, cars would come and get them, just take them. And But there's places you can go, I think it's like Leicester's Piccadilly line, no, Piccadilly. And he said, yeah, we knew about those lines. As kids would always queue up there on a Thursday, Friday, and they disappear. You don't see them again on the streets for like three, four days, and they come back. But... Uh, and I thought, it, it's not going to really work. It's somebody I want to speak to, and I didn't really want to bring it on the show because it's quite heavy. But I was, I was thinking, if if the children being abused because of it, then how dare you not speak about it because it doesn't feel right. It's horrible to listen to. How dare you when it's happening every day? And mm. some, some generation has to stop doing it and kicking the can down the road because it's sexual abuse of kids. It's not this esoteric well, thing. we talked about Epstein, haven't we? And I don't think... I mean, yeah, I mean, not that, like we broke the story or anything like that, and nor were we with this, but I it's just it's... knowing it's out there. You're, like, nothing's going to get solved for 20 years, but mm. somebody has to start. I'm the surprised he's not. Um, has he spoken? So he's spoken on other podcasts. Yeah, he'd been interviewed. The, the, the cop with the Andrew thing, he'd actually been on Panorama, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, spoke. it's. it's um, but it's it, so bad yeah. that when you listen to that, he just goes on. Nice guy, very sweet guy. He just said it. For thirty years, it's, it's everywhere, and no, it's it's hidden, and it's. it's but he said it's, it's in everything. It's in everywhere. That he said, I don't want to get involved in all the, the, the secret societies, but but that's what it is. And he said it's been going on for generations. Mm. And when he said Ted Heath, he said I had thirty different children telling me the same story about where he took them and where he did that. And he said, but with him, it got cut short again. And he said, I don't well, that was the uh, the guy who accused him. Uh, posthumously wasn't it? I forgot his name now but he uh, turned out, he turned out to be a liar I'm not saying these children are but he turned out to be a he went to prison for a long time didn't he well it'll be because he he also turned out to be um, uh, uh, he he had possession of child pornography yeah, yeah, yeah. himself yeah. so well, he, he said uh, any one time as like um, cooperating evidence that we could have got he said there would have been 80 politicians 80 at one period that he saw like, that were serving politicians 80 of them he said that we would have had enough to get them, but we just uh, enough to question them. But he said we just weren't allowed to. And he said Ted Heath was the worst because he, it seemed like he'd been everywhere around every bloody kid. He said that we had 30 different children. He's saying that he went here, something about Scar that he had and all this sort of stuff. Th- different, completely different kids. And that's, and again, and I thought, but I, honestly, moments in my life, that three day when I had listened to those things one after the other, my brain was going, this isn't real. This can't be real. It was just but having heard the whole story. Um, if you want to, if you want to break your brain and just go full conspiracy, uh, 
Look into Dolphin Court. Dolphin Court. It's a an apartment block. I think it's on the South Bank. Um, I went past it a few months ago, actually, by accident. Um, but there's it's a, a quite an exclusive apartment block that's uh, got a lot of judges, MPs, councilmen, businessmen. Um, it's also in the centre of a lot of accusations and a lot of accusations about rings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has a very high suicide rate there. Lots of people end up hanging themselves and slitting their wrists and lots of people accused of stuff as well end up uh, killing themselves in their apartments and obviously has a very big turnaround and most of it most of the turnaround is from people killing themselves and then like another mp will get a house there the fellow's talking about it's a complete rabbit hole like who owns it and like what goes on there it's yeah again he he says um uh a lot of them are murdered and made to look like suicides. A lot of well, them are given loads of drugs. Again, you know, not trying to be flippant at all, but this is why I'm surprised, you know, this policeman that you're talking about, you know, why isn't he accidentally, you know, whatever, well, well whatever, you know, why, why hasn't he been, what is it when they say, you know, someone's been suicided? Suicided, you know? yeah. What yeah. do you mean? As in, well, you know, what happened to Epstein? Oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's quite a down-to-earth guy. I wanted to speak to him because he's talking about being a copper and for like all the years he was a copper before he got mm. into the armed service and all that. But um, <clears throat> it was just, it, it was it, just that story alone, just about how how the Prince Andrew acted, and he goes through different stories about mm. him sneaking in girls and things like that, and all the lies and how he would act towards the police officers. Um, I just thought well, that's just a, one little thing of like how deceitful and disgusting a human being is. Just that, just that there. He said it made me, I was laughing when I watched him talking because all the things he was saying about being a respectful guy and I don't swear. And he's just, just lying to the camera, just lying to the camera. And he's saying, the guy said to him, why do you think he did it? He said, um, because he knows there's absolutely no way he's going to get prosecuted. There's an immunity to him. He, well, why did you do the interview? In, yeah, but he yeah. said it's it's um say so there's def- nothing's going to happen no matter what he says. So it's irrelevant. It's going to happen. But he thinks he's sort of saving face in the eyes of the public. But he's got no sense of perception. He doesn't understand. He looks like a fool. He thinks people are stupid people. I will go out into a state. I will say my bit. Those idiots will believe me, and the story will go away. Forget it, anything happening. That's yeah. It's it's not enough that he can do it and get away with it. He has to, just the fact that people criticise him is is it's absolutely intolerable. You know, yeah, he yeah. has to go and prove that. In fact, you know, he has to go and get people to apologise to him for, yeah. for daring to hold him to account but for all the just, dreadful things. he's Just done. the little stories he said about him. You go, oh, he's just a scumbag. He's a real horrible, nasty person. And he said, he said because he's, I think she's, he's the Queen's favourite as well, so he sort of gets away with a lot really? of stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, but, um, well, look at the choice. I mean, come on. <laughs> Edward, Charles and Andrew, I mean. And Edward. Edward, Charles and Andrew. Who's Edward? Oh, did he say yeah, Edward? Sorry, Edward. I missed it. Um, and honestly, when when I heard the story, I thought, right, firstly. Who's it, it, Edward? Edward's the forgotten son. Yeah, he no, really is. I had to Google him. I, I, could, I forgot <laughs> he existed for a while. And I was like, oh, what? There's another one. Oh, right. Yeah. Was it a couple of the Trumps keep popping? I think, who's that? Oh, so that's so and so step kid. So in this time, I haven't seen you. So I've listened to a few of the Trump books. The um, Is it Fear? What's the John Bolton book? Rage? I think it's. Oh, Fear. John Bolton. Uh, I know oh, the one you mean. There. Yeah, I know what and I listened to the one with the grand, the niece, which oh, yeah. is probably the Isn't most it? like how we made the most dangerous, how our family made the most dangerous. Man yeah, something like that. Subtitled, I think. And when you hear about the family, so she's always the kid running around the family. When you, I don't know if we mentioned this actually. When um, you realise that the whole family basically poisoned by the father, and that 
anyone that was even nice was sort of bullied and pushed out if you didn't fall into line. And then Trump, the stupid one, was the one that had no morals, which is why the father got behind him, even though he knew he was an idiot. Um, and then the father's ego was sort of tied up in the fact that Trump was doing well. So he thought he was getting an ego boost. This is why he kept funding everything that would go wrong. He said the only time the, the, when the grandfather walked away uh, was doing his own thing was because the, the, even the grand, the dad only got anywhere because he had friends that happened to be in all the councils. Yeah. So what was happening when there was funding coming up, he was getting backhands to go and build these buildings with like not paying taxes and all that. And that's how he got involved in it. And as soon as they all got removed after like 15 years, he couldn't do anything. He didn't have, he didn't know how to do stuff, but he's all cons. And, um, his, uh, Donald Trump's older son was the one that's supposed to come into the uh, older brother was supposed to go into the business, but he just naturally wanted to do his own thing. So he became like an airline pilot. But his dad just ousted him from the family, and even like the mum all started bullying. Isn't him. he the one that became an alcoholic? Yeah, and he, he died. Okay. But they were just bullying him, and um, his, his dad said to him once, he said like he would ignore him. He said, he said the dad never smiled, never laughed, nothing like that about his own son, and he tried to get him involved. And he just didn't want to do. It. He wanted to do his own thing, so he went off and did something, and he became an airline pilot. And his dad, she said, I remember one point where they never spoke. It was just nastiness and the son just trying to prove to the dad, you never spoke about there's a problem here. He just started bullying him, pushing him to the side. And he said, I was there once and the mum was there. And the, the son, he actually said to the dad, the judge, um, what's your problem with me? Like why? Like he was a drinker by then. He said, what's your problem with me? And he said, you're a glorified bus driver. That's my problem with you. And it's, it's a, but he, he kept he, he had the personality he wanted the appreciation of it, but he said he kept, kept drinking he kept drinking he kept drinking he was pushed out of the family he said even when he, he, he married somebody and brought her to the house this helped this is with the mother and the father how petty they were she said um, everybody would get like really expensive stuff and all that and then she would get like a Tiffany handbag which is like down the market but they put dirty tissues in that bag just to like a, all this pathetic sort yeah, of like petty. yeah unless the matriarch and the patriarch of the family she said um the mother and father never seemed to smile or have fun she said she said at one point he said somebody at the table was pregnant and i said why is so-and-so got a big belly and she said in unison the mum and the dad like she said victorian and she said they got up put the plates down and just walked out the room like there was that level of like stuffiness in the house he said he never the dad never smiled and he said that when he realized with uh, donald that he would just lie and he knew he would lie but he realized i can get him to lie and he doesn't care so he's like me so he started pushing him to do things and then when it just caught his lies caught on he the the dad thought he was the famous one because of the trump name but when everything kept going wrong with donald he was invested in the name so he kept throwing more and more money at him but everything kept failing and he said the first time when he went off and did his own thing was the taj mahal um the big casino that was the first thing outside of properties which his dad was doing everything he said donald had nothing to do with anything his dad did all the work donald trump didn't know how to do anything he said but that was the first time where donald wanted to be a casino owner and did that but he said his dad didn't know anything about it and went tits up because he didn't know how, he didn't know how to run anything. He had no idea. His thing was start doing something, um, get a load of investment for it. Don't pay the people that you said you were going to pay. Tell everyone it was wonderful, then walk away and let it turn to crap. 
They said that was what he did time after time after time. And then when his dad died, he had nothing. He couldn't do any, he couldn't build things. So he just had to use the name and become a con man and sell the name, which meant nothing. He just licensed the name, says, I did this, I did that. But he didn't do anything. Literally lies about, I build the thing. And I, the, he said, don't do anything. He doesn't care. He's not bothered about the work. He just puts his name stuff, says, I did it and walks away. Um, and there was lots of stuff that his name was on that he said that he built or owned and it was just a yeah I mean he lied he, he, you mean he wasn't rearing those cows himself for Trump steaks and he would say the guys that, that he, said, he, he would talk about building works and projects like specifics about what the building and he said he had nothing to do with anything he'd read something and he, he'd come and see things and then go yeah do it and come back in two years and say look what I did he said the one con he said where he thought he was going to get killed um at the time, it was a big problem where he's um, New York were trying to build the ice rink, I think it was, and they were behind project time and all that. And he said to Donald, um, actually got went to a builder and said, look, if you just throw all the men you've got at it, build the thing on time for Christmas, um, then PR yourself, and then you, that's it, you'll get the work. Done a great service for the city of yeah. New York. So he yeah. said, I, I went out, he said, I threw all the men at it for like a month. We got it in, we did it on budget. Um, Obviously, didn't get any money for uh, yeah. extra money for it. He said. Then Donald went out and started telling anybody he did it. And he said, uh, he said he was going to sue me if I said anything about us having conversation because I had to prove it. And he said, I'll, I'll sue you. And so I did all that work. He said it bankrupted me. I built the thing. I paid, paid them out of my pocket. And then he went on all the newspapers. Said, look what I did, and just sod it off. But that was a reoccurring theme. I listened to podcasts with people um, that. Um, he said he would build flat, building all these flats as cheap as possible, get people to do the work, then wait till coming to Christmas and then say, I'm not paying you. And they'll say, what do you mean you're not paying me? And he say, well, look, here's a couple of quid just before Christmas. Do you want that now? Three days, I can have it to you. Or I'll see you in court for the next 10 years. And they, and the, Killed, and he said he would do that on flat apartments after apartments. Who, That's what part of his business model. Who can't wait for the presidential uh, debates, candidate debates? Eh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Two Grandpa Simpsons being asked questions on the economy. Yeah, where am I? Was, Who am I doing? Yeah. Well, you know, which was the style at the time. Yeah. But just think what it's come to now. Are we just <laughs> and twirling. Always twirling. <laughs> just before we started the show, we just said, nonsense. In this <laughs> week, is question scientists twice once saying they didn't know what they they don't know what they're talking about, and then once when they went backwards and forwards yeah. and he goes, "No, I do know what we're talking about." No, he must have been. He said he actually must have not heard the question right. No. <laughs> but then when he said to the science guy, when they're in that that round table thing, mm. and he says, "You know, this is going to happen," the guy and Trump goes, "Well, you know, I think it's going to be," this. and the guy goes, "It doesn't match up with the science, unfortunately." And he goes, "Well, science isn't always right." And he goes, oh, good. Is that like, well? <laughs> yeah, but then even William, William Barr's been going having attacking the scientists now, so they're all at it now. There's science. You don't believe science. Don't believe the statistics of what's happening. Um, that, that's my contention. Is that uh, most nearly every conservative I talk to lives in a fantasy land? Basically, yeah. they just kind of make up stuff. You know, they're like, oh, no, everything's a conspiracy. There's, well, like, every- there's no such thing as climate change. No, Brexit's going to be fine. Like. No, the coronavirus will probably just go away. Uh, germs don't really exist. Uh, gay people, I, I don't. They they shouldn't exist. I, I don't. I don't believe in them. Like, well, the Republican Party, the funniest because they've been spouting off religiously about the same things: the family things, the marriage, the the, the state rights, as we said before. Small government, do your own thing, pull your bootstraps up, bootstraps up, and they've just one thing after the other have been 
everything is trashed by Trump, what they believe in. And they've had to sort of worm their way around with, well, I don't know, what is the thing? And, uh, yeah, well, they're saying it's the Trump party now. It's not the right It is the Trump. Yeah. They don't believe in anything. Everything they've said they, they believed in is all gone. That's all gone away now. Um, and like I said before the podcast, where they're saying arrest the mayor and come and send in the army. When their thing was state rights, don't the government can't? And they now you're saying, well, where is where is everyone? Where is it, all the states' rights people? They've it's because he up. looks weak. It's because he's looked weak over the riots. Uh, right or wrong, they went on for a very long time, and it looked like again the federal government lost. Well, because them. it kept it kept happening. It the, kept being like they've shot more unarmed black people. Well, they didn't ever acknowledge that there was a problem going on. Yeah. They didn't ever actually listen to the demands. Well, that, they've the, only just paid out um, compensation to the family of Breonna Taylor, but. Well, the William Barnett, the people the interview yesterday, yeah. he was saying, he said, the, you know, the complaint about, yes, he said six black people have uh, been involved with uh, things and died in fights with the police. And somebody came out and said, no, the register number is 260. But it's just it's six. Yeah, but because it's just... And then the pot, the, the police, the, the, the <laughs> they, don't, of, they don't care. The mail, no, the con like, man, the con man, the raw mail con, the, the raw mail con, the con man for the mail, just closing things down, just, just throwing everything. As somebody was saying to the Democrats, what are you doing to make sure this is going to be a fair? Don't say rely on the election. He said, things are crumbling around now. What are your plans for if it, the crap really does hit the wall? They got nothing. They're just saying, "Well, we're going to vote." We go, no, but what if we don't get to that? What if they do nothing? They're not yeah, doing anything. Yeah, they're closing all the poll booths in yeah. these states that have shown uh, much more leaning towards Biden. And well, saying, "Well, they're, they're getting him in a court for this." They're speaking to the whatever is, uh, the the mailman thing is. It you go? Yeah, but this is all months away. This, this, what happens when it happens mm. on the day? Um, so anyway, that's the show. Anything nice? But what have you been doing since we've been off? Uh, oh, I've had a, I've had a, yeah, a little trip, a lovely holiday down by the beach. Uh, You're looking weeks, very tanned. A couple of weeks down, sunning and enjoying the sea. It's, uh, it's not sure how I feel magical. about this voice, frankly. Sorry, I'll, <laughs> stop, I'll stop it. Just trying something new. Out, and what have you, you been know? up to? I've seen him since before. So what have you? Where have you Just been? Been working. Are you an award-winning film writer yet? No. No, no. <laughs> one step Any day, yeah. no. I mean, I don't, I don't put stock in that. Did you have a film coming out or something like? You uh, it's coming out. Is it a horror film? Do you science film? <sighs> Which one? There's like. Oh, I thought you was, you did one. You was finishing off. It was... It's just a roller coaster. It's just a never ending like conveyor belt of scripts with these guys, which is good. Cool. I mean, I say I don't, that sounded like <clears> a complaint, <throat> but they're just I love them because they're Stuart and Tony. Uh, this is they're two they're two brothers, and they're totally mad, but in the best possible way because it's just like. Hey, we've got some money for this. Uh, we might have some money for this script. Can you turn it out in like yesterday? Uh, okay. Make sure it's good. Well, what's it about? Make sure it's good. Yeah, exactly. yeah. First <laughs> it's really draft, important. First, first draft, draft be perfect. Be, yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's a little bit of that. And you've got oh, four days. It's, but it's amazing. Like they're like, oh, here's this. Um, uh, we've got interest in this and da da da. And we found this cowboy town. Like there's some cowboy town that they film uh, westerns, and so they did it for I think the Holmes and Watson film. That I think I can't remember. There were all these films. They don't quite tell you where it is on the website map because they don't want tourists. They're saying this is not oh, a tourist yeah. attraction. This is a specific was it an actual set. Yeah, a film set. Okay. Um, and so they were just like, right, this is Western Town. Let's make a Western here. You know, write the script for that. And that was the most recent one. And you know, they're just they're mad, but it's brilliant because they just have this very, very old fashioned old filmmaking way of like, hey, you got time? I got time? We got some things. Let's get a script written and do it. And do it. And that's how old. You know, my, my mate's got a monster truck. Let's yeah, do a film about a monster it truck. Is basically, cool. It is basically yeah. a pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, sweet, yeah. Yeah. It's not far off that. I, honestly. I was, I'm not going to go into all this now because we've got to finish. But um, there's a whole podcast I can do because I was forced to watch 
television various channels there's been it many nights flicking hotel. through yeah the hotel room <laughs> forced to watch because there's <laughs> at nothing gunpoint. at a certain point the, like, the Wi-Fi would drop out and go I'm just sat in a room here on the bed I've got to put the TV on so I'd be pressing the buttons to get the bloody thing to work and I could do a whole podcast on what I've had to look at and watch like 10 things off the top of my head but the one thing we'll end the show on this was like I, I what came on was um, luckily what saved me they had a couple of the Star Trek TOS's on yeah which I can relax well I, I did that thing again where I, I, I turned the lights off and I was watching it's like 11 o'clock and I was watching it I'm thinking this is awful why I didn't <laughs> see this one look at the hair look, and I'm slagging it off and then I literally went to myself, I'm, it's 40 minutes in, I'm still watching this thing. What happened? Like, this was ridiculous. Those few scenes were so laughable, and I'm still here watching it. There's but, a charm to them. Yeah. I think that's a but thing. But you, you said about the Next Generation one with the bald fella. Yeah. Is that what it is, the Next Generation? Yeah. yeah. I thought, right, out of respect for you, let me watch one. And it was all right. I mean, everyone's a supermodel, and it was a bit annoying. But... um. At must, the end, I must have missed that episode. No, I mean, everyone looks like the makeup. You know, before they looked a bit roughy. Because that was the 60s, everyone did. Yeah, everyone's but, teeth were falling out. Yeah. Stuff, and they were going but this one, at the end of it, so God knows when it was made, whenever he, this, these, those things were made, it's one where the some woman wants to get him arrested. And what's the name of the bloke? Riker. No, the actual head ball fell. The main oh, uh, Patrick, Patrick Picard. Stewart, yeah. Picard. Yeah. Where he actually gets pulled into something. And they're charging, they're saying, where were you when you've got a history of letting things happen? And he's getting, Oh, is it the drum? Oh, the, the drum, drum head. Is it, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But um, there's a woman involved and she's... Uh, she, yeah, they, they have a sort of trial. That and at the end... It's because of witch hunts, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. And yeah. at the end she kicks off and it's something about... I've taken down bigger men than you, Picard! <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't, I never saw all this, I didn't really know what it was. But then at the end, whatever year that was, he's standing at the window talking about witch hunts and he's going... Yeah, but when will the, we never seem to learn with these people? When will we learn as a human, uh, as a race, that there's always going to be these people that uh, in, try and influence people that don't have all the information? And um, he said, it, "When's the next? That's what, when's the next person waiting for the right season to come along so he can exploit people's emotion?" I go, "This is like, <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, this was late eighties. Yeah, yeah. we still haven't. There we oh, go. Perfect yeah. example. I don't think it was put on because of yeah. that, but." Um, but yes, yeah, good so writing. It's, it's a really a good episode. It's a really good episode. But it's just depressing. Yeah. It was just depressing to go. Oh God, they, nothing. I love it. It's my. I mean, there's so many great ep- moments in that episode. You know, the fact exposing that. Spoiler alert: that the guy who says he's half Vulcan yeah, is half it, Romulan yeah. because mm-hmm. the Romulan. So tell me, what? Why was she? What was it to do with? So ones? it was to do with their. She said something about her dad. I didn't so know her was... dad was a like an attorney general type character yeah so he helped forge many of the laws that the enshrined in the federation so yeah the equivalent of writing the constitution yeah so he was this great man and then um she's an investigator looking for she's almost like the internal affairs yeah. of starfleet and so i think i can't remember quite what set it off i think there was an assassination attempt oh right. or like some so sabotage with the ab- engine like it, it, it suddenly blew up i think there was an explosion yeah or something yeah like and so it started investigation into that and then it exposed that someone working on the crew was had lied about their ancestry yeah, yeah. because the Vulcans are part of the Federation. The Romulans are outside of the. Yeah. This we've totally lost the audience. Yeah, by the way, on. this, this is just for me. Yeah, And so, and then she starts questioning um, other people, and then it leads. You know, she's just asking more and more questions, and it leads all the way up to the chain to Picard, saying, "You know." And I and I believe that they uh, along the like very very soon into the episode, they find out that it was an accident. 
Yeah, and it was. It was supposed. So she to, wasn't doing. They, she they thought it was sabotage initially or a terrorist attack, but but it turns out it was just an accident. It's yeah. It's a bit like they pull you over um, for something wrong with your car, but and it turns out it's not your fault. But then, oh look at this! You haven't actually. Yeah. We just oh, found on the records. Yeah, yeah I can totally imagine that. Warrant, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that smell in the car? Yeah, one of your light lace, light, lights plates were off. And I look yeah. at it; it's on. I'm just going, oh, yeah. get on with it. Whatever. Um, right, let's just end yeah. There. So it just yeah, it just ends with her. Because he says, you know, you're just making up stuff now. Basically, you know, this is you're taking away people's rights. You know, but I couldn't people. see if she was a baddie or something. Yeah, or was she just was about witchcraft. It was, uh, sort witch of, it was sort of the idea that she'd become paranoid and she'd become any, and she was seeing enemies where there weren't any. You know, right, she didn't hate Picard specifically. Uh, well, she came to question him because, the, for example, the the half Romulan guy invoked the equivalent of the fifth amendment yeah they were kept so. saying the seventh right i thought okay just say the fifth, fifth amendment, amendment yeah, for god's yeah, yeah. sake and so she but the whole point of the fifth amendment is meant to mean that you don't have to incriminate but yeah. she was basically saying well that's showing that he's guilty but, yeah that's and true. it just so it, it wasn't about a witch hunt it wasn't about her said, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but i love that bit when she goes absolutely mental goes, she's yeah. like i've taken down bigger and the admiral who's like the other admiral who's overseeing the whole thing doesn't say anything doesn't say like Right, this has gone too far. This is Jenny. Just gets up, stony faced, yeah, and walks they all out one by one. <laughs> but it's just him, and you're just like, oh, okay. She, and she, it's such good acting. Yeah. It's such well. It's yeah, so it's well said. That, that stuff, last yeah. speech, I thought that is mental. That is yeah. really. But the, the the chain the chain speech that he gives, you know, talking about when the first link is forged. Yeah. And when people, I remember a man who once and it's her. Yeah, dad. and it's her dad. <laughs> how you how ins- dare you? You insult his name when you speak it. <laughs> right. So that's that. Uh, so watch Star Trek: The Next Generation. Drumhead. Yeah, yeah. drumhead definitely I only saw half but it's just that, that like, and speech I thought that's got to be a setup. Like, how can that be a random thing that's at now he's literally talking yeah. about Trump there's loads of things yeah, like, yeah. Um, so that's our uh, back we've come back we can't really call the all new <laughs> we've all new the hell out of this, this is show. I know we're running out of news <laughs> uh, yeah uh, clean so slate yeah. so is everyone alright yeah. so far okay. well I'm doing worse out of everybody that makes <laughs> me feel bad that you're all doing okay Kareem's had a nice little bloody holiday mate Jump. He sent me a picture of a camel, a little picture cool. of a camel. Oh yes, he sent that to me saying that but it looked you, like a bad horse. Have a field. <laughs> it didn't. I thought that's not a camel. You sold you that wrong, mate. <laughs> Check the emoji on that. Thing. I really didn't expect that to be your response. <laughs> wrong. But he sent oh, me the picture saying today. I went to get the car MOT'd, right? Forty quid. Get the car MOT'd. Quick. Get it in. Get it out. Four hundred and sixty quid with stuff that needed to be done. I was just like, I can't even. Even by, oh, I can't even complain. Literally before coming to the door, I'm f- sorting out problems. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's what I get. They have system. Yeah. Uh, Onward, not living in London. That is it. Excelsior. Yeah. Uh, so that's the show. So um, yeah, we have got a couple of guests uh, lined up. Um, it's just getting them in order. Um, what happened to the? We're going to. We had the seventy-four-year-old. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for some reason we didn't. Oh no, it's because the sound guy. We had that sound guy. That okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Does um, anyone know what anyone is talking about? No, right, no, okay, fine. Oh no, yeah, I was just talking to Charles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> Are you still, still recording? recording? <laughs> yeah, we're still recording. Anyway, yeah. Right, so that's the show, and uh, let's end there. So thank you very much, and we'll be back soon. Cheers, Bye, everyone. everyone. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, look at that. They've got the music. Oh, this is where we have to shuffle yeah, our papers. Yeah, we're on the news. Could be alive